0: Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys can have a seat. It's so good to be with you. So good to be with you. We, uh, Gretchen and I had the joy of being with some friends this weekend, or no, it is the weekend, Um, on Thursday and Friday. We flew to Milwaukee to to be with some friends of ours who pastor a church up there called 414 Church uh, in Milwaukee, and they are just doing a bang-up job. Reaching people with the gospel, and and it was so fun. They got um, they they basically got a new building, and they've renovated this building. It was a dedication of that building, uh, and it was just so fun to watch what God is doing, and to to be a part of that. And so God is active and alive in Milwaukee, um, and doing amazing things, just like He is here in St. Louis, and and so uh, it was a joy. Um couple of things I want to talk about this morning, and so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter nine um, and if you have your your phone Bible, <laughs> you can turn to Luke chapter 9 as well. If you don't want to uh, do that, you can you can uh, just follow along on the screens as well um, I do want to say this today, you may or may not know this, but today is Legacy Sunday. And so perhaps you came prepared to give to Legacy. Uh, If you're wondering what Legacy is, Legacy Sunday, this offering that we receive twice a year, is designed uh, specifically. Uh, to go into a fund that will eventually be used to pay and buy a new house for Elevation Church. And so we currently lease and rent this space. And so this is uh, an offering that we do in order to put money back so that someday we can buy a house. Amen. Come on. I mean, who doesn't want that in Jesus name? uh, And so we're, we're excited about that and we're going to believe God for it. And even if we buy a new house and it only costs us a dollar, you know, I'd be okay with that too. You know what I mean? Like God's already working on our behalf. And, and so something's coming. It's already been dispatched in the spiritual and it's on its way. And so I hope you believe that as well, but, but we're going to continue to be faithful to prepare and plan just for what God has for us. Um, and so today, we, we actually finish a series that we've been doing around here called The Blessed Life. Uh, some of you are like, yeah, thank God this is over. Um, I've heard all kinds of interesting feedback, some, you know, and, and I get it. I, I understand that, that this isn't always the topic that people want to talk about. Um, and sometimes I, I even hear, you know, like, oh, man, I invited my friend on this weekend, right? <laughs> some of you've had that moment. You've wanted to tell me that, but you haven't. Um, and 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 I get it. I understand that there's this tension, right? There's a tension that we have with money. There's a tension we have with preachers talking about money. There's a tension we have with the church talking about money. I mean, I get it. I understand it. Um, and and what's interesting about it is if if. I knew that there was a problem with money and that somehow if I was preaching a series on generosity and that could shrink the church simply because of what I'm talking about, would I keep doing it? Like, think about that for a second. Like, I I mean, if I was just a practical guy, you know, I'd be like, you know what, let's just not do that. Let's just not talk about it. And, you know, people will be happy and they'll come to church and, you know, and it'll be great. You know, we'll never have this problem again. And, and, and that's the thing. I get it. I, I mean, it's not that I want to do it. It's that I feel like as I read the scriptures, it's very clear to me that God wants us to talk about it. And you can get mad at me, but you're really not getting mad at me. You're getting upset with the Lord. And if you're a believer in the room today... You, you've got to deal with that. If you're an unbeliever in the room, I'm just so glad you're here. Or if you're new to the church, I'm so glad you're here. Because here's the thing I'd say. What is one of the things that you see in our country that sometimes people struggle with? Money! Finances! Matter of fact, the, the two things that kill marriage quicker. One is communication and the other is money. And so... Wouldn't it be reasonable that the church then would speak about it? That God has something to say about it. Matter of fact, he has something to say about it that if we would follow would actually help us in all these things. So maybe whether you're a believer or not believer, if you're new today, maybe just maybe it has nothing to do with what I want and it has more to do with what God wants for you. And perhaps we could open ourselves up to that possibility. Uh, when we come into this season of the blessed life amen come on some of you are like yeah whatever i don't want my shouldn't be talking about it my friends are here perhaps that's exactly what your friend needs to hear today you know what i mean so anyway that was an aside i just had a little bone to pick jesus name um Some of you love math, right? I mean, anybody in here love math? Yeah? Yeah, there are some. I love it. I love it. Some of these people love math. Some of you hate math. You like, you wish that if there was a math class, you would have never taken it. You were like, I don't even understand this stuff. I never even use it, right? You remember that? Like, now I would, uh, to be fair, algebra, geometry, trigonometry, calculus. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I ever use that. I mean, I'm pro- there's probably a little algebra in my life, but, but by and large, I just, you know, I just don't use it um, because of what I do. But now, if you're an engineer, you probably use it a lot. And you're, you're probably one of those people that love math. And you're like, oh, I love math. It's the greatest thing ever. And, and, and I, I found that a lot of times people like math because it makes sense. You know, like it adds up. <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's practical. It's it's concise. It's clear. It's not confusing. It's not like feelings, right? You know what I mean? It's just it's it's very straight. And I think sometimes we like math because it it, it feels very controlled. And honestly, I, one of the reasons I love to talk about God's uh, generosity is that He's clearly laid out a plan, and it's clear. And if we do it His way, it results in certain things. And so it's mathematical in nature, even though it's faith filled, like God has created equations, so to speak, for life that are so essential to not only our survival, but our blessing. And so this whole series is about trying to tap into this, this, this quote formula, this faith formula, if I could, that leads to a blessed life. And so, perhaps you like math. Maybe you don't, but but I, I kind of like math. But I definitely like talking about generosity, because it's mathematical in nature. It's, you do it this way, God does this. Like if you want to see God move in your life in a very practical way, like you you know you've been waiting on your miracle. You you step out in faith in God's equations. And I promise you, I promise you, you will see God move. I absolutely believe that. And so, so uh, how many of us know that when it comes to math, that multiplication is better than addition? Like if I asked you, if I could add to your life or if I could multiply in your life, which would you take? Now you'd be like, well, I don't want you to multiply in my life. <laughs> I have enough of you. But if, if, if God was to do a work in your life and he said, I'm going to give you the choice. Would you like it to be an addition or a multiplication? Well, I would think all of us would be like, oh, I want some multiplication Jesus in my life. I want some multiplication of God's power in my life. I want, I want some multiplication of the blessings of God in my life. And see, here's the thing that I know about God. Our God is a God of multiplication. He's not just a God of addition. And I think some of us live our life with addition. And God says, why are you doing that? I have plenty more for you. If you would just trust me, if you would step into what I've already told you to do, you will experience the multiplication power of God. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. Sounds good to me to have that kind of in my life. And so so today we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about multiplication. And so here's here's the question I have for you. Would it be all right if God multiplied your resources? Would that be all right with you? I... I, I is anybody like, no, I'm good? Like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody's in here like, no, I'm good. I'm, I don't need anything. Now, you might be to that point, like you've arrived in your life and you're, you're, you're so, Never mind. <laughs> I was just thinking about like a false humility. You know what I mean? Like that, no, I'm good. I'm good. I've got everything I need. I'm content, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I would think that most people, most people want to see God multiply their resources. And when I say resources, I'm not just talking about money. I mean, resources can be a lot of things. It can can be a lot of things, but but specifically, God wants to do that, I think, in the area of your finances as well. And so today we're going to start here uh, by looking in the scriptures at Luke chapter 9. This is a great passage of scripture, guys. so so pay attention. Luke chapter 9, what we're going to do is we're going to draw out three principles of multiplication that I want you to see. Um, Now, do you believe God is a liar? Well, no. Even like pagans are like, well, why would God be a liar? That doesn't make any sense. So God's not a liar. And so if you do it God's way, then you experience the promises that God says you'll experience. Yes? Okay, all right, I'm just making sure. So if you want to see multiplication happen in your life, which I believe all of us do, these are some things that we need to know. And so I want to talk about three principles. But in order to do that, I want to, I want to come to a, a, a probably a famous passage of Scripture, probably familiar for some of you. Uh, if it's not, that's okay. I'll, I'll catch you up to speed, I promise. Uh, and so Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 12. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 12. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him. They're talking to Jesus. The twelve disciples come to Jesus, and this is what they say. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country, and lodge and get provision. For we are in a deserted place here. Verse 13. But he said to them, (laughs) you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people, right? For there were about, listen, 5,000 men. Now we know historically that, that it was pretty typical for people to count family units. And, and, and so what that means is, is that if there were 5,000 men... What that meant was, is that there were some women there, and there also were children there. Now, in America, it'd be like 2.5 kids, right? Well, in the ancient Near East, it was probably more like seven kids, you know? Like, just, you know, and again, we're just doing averages. Uh, but, but if you kind of do some math, right, since we're into math today... Um, and let's say it is two people plus 2.5, you know, whatever. Uh, You get to more of a a range of a crowd that's probably around 20 or 25,000 people. That's a lot of people. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a lot of people. And so, so just think about the multitudes. Think about how practical the disciples are being, right? I mean, they come to Jesus, they say to him, Jesus, there's a lot of people here. It's getting dark. How in the world are they going to eat? And so this seems reasonable for everybody in the room that, that you, you're a reasonable person, right? You're, you're, you think logically, you're, you know, you think in those terms. You're like, okay, well, let's make sense. We've got to do something, so we need to go talk to Jesus about it, right? Well, Matthew 14, 21 very clearly tells us, uh, same passage of Scripture, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So we know that this number was pretty large. Now look at this. Jesus says this to them in verse 14. Then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them sit down. Then he took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed, you notice that word, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples and set before and then they set, the, they set it before the multitudes, in verse 17. So they all ate and were filled, and there were 12 baskets left over. Look at that. 12 fragments of leftovers that were taken up by all of them. Now, I can't prove this, but, but I kind of wonder. Uh, it, makes, it makes me wonder why there were 12 you know i mean i kind of maybe it was that jesus just wanted everybody to have a doggy bag you know some leftovers they can take home and put in their refrigerator i don't think they had refrigerators at the time but there were 12 baskets left over fragments of this blessing of this miraculous thing that had just occurred so so what i want to do for a minute is i want to kind of put ourselves in the story you ever do that you ever put yourself in the story and so can you imagine being in this story? Can you imagine being here listening to Jesus speak and there's all these multitudes of people? And so just for a moment, could you imagine that you were like one of the disciples? You were one of the disciples in the story. Jesus is doing a thing. Let's, 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 let's make it even more practical. So imagine as a church, you were in a situation where you were looking for a pastor, right? And so let's say like typically churches have like some kind of search group. Right, And they have this search group. And so let's just imagine that you were a part of the search group. You were part of the 12 searchers uh, for this. And you had invited somebody in to preach at your church. Okay? Somebody in to, 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 to come and interview for a job. And, and you had heard of this guy. It was, it was on the Twitter. And it was on the Instagram. And his name was Messiah. And you were like, that's good. We got to go with that. And so you invited the Messiah in. You invited him to come and preach to your church. And so he, he's there, and he's preaching. And you have a large church. I mean, could be about 25,000 people. Messiah is speaking and, and, and normally when you come to church and I know some of you, I know you really believe this, but, but like, think about it. Like, you know, normally, like if you have church and it's like, okay, it starts at 11, it's probably going to be done by 12, you know, I mean, just on average, like, you know, we go any longer than that, you know, people are going to start getting squirrely, you know, get a little tired or, you know, I mean, some of you grew up in churches where you went two hours, three hours, you know, I mean, so, so, I mean, we, but, but in general, you like, you're like, About about an hour, an hour and a half. Well, here's the thing. Like, Jesus starts to speak. And he's speaking. And one hour goes by. Still speaking. Two hours go by. Keeps going. Like, it's it's 2 o'clock. I mean, you've already missed the game. He's still going. 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock. 5 o'clock six o'clock now i don't know about you but some of you are already left you're like i have things to do i got shopping to do i I gotta go here i gotta do this but jesus keeps going and so this search committee you know that you've been you're somebody as you start to talk about it you're like guys we've got to get this guy to shut up (laughs) i mean if he keeps going i mean this is awful i mean these people are going to lose it they're going to revolt and so they, they, you know, they think about it, they talk about it, and they're like, okay, well, let's have Peter do it, right? Let's have Peter go talk to Jesus about this problem, you know? And so they elect Peter, and Peter goes to Jesus. And so, again, Peter, Jesus is up there speaking, and Peter comes to him, and he's like, Jesus, I'm loving what you're doing right now. I mean, I love that you've put together a collection of messages. Matter of fact, it's a collection of series of messages that you've done. And I'm just, I'm, I'm re- we're really loving what you're doing. I think, I think people are loving it. This response is great. Um, but can we talk? Because I, I feel like if we don't do something, you know, people are getting hungry, People are, you know what I mean? Like, and and he, so he's saying to Jesus, people are getting hungry. It's very practical, right? Practical. I mean, they've been there all day. And so they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, well, uh, can, we, can, we, can we move this along? Like, can we, can we just get it going a little bit? We got things to do. We got people to meet. You know, we got to get, we got to feed the people. We got to feed the people, Jesus. It, it's not about us, Jesus. It's not about us disciples. I mean, clearly we're in favor of your messages and however long you want to preach. But what about the people? I mean, the people have needs, right? Like you think like that's going to get it, right? Because the people are hungry. And so Jesus is going to have compassion on the people and he's just going to shut it down and they're going to go on their way. Well, that's not what happens. Did you see what happened? So, so Peter comes to him and says all this stuff. And, and Jesus says to him very clearly, he says, well, um, you feed them. That's what he said. Did you see it? You give them something to eat. I don't know about you, but if I was in his shoes and he said that to me, I would be a little confused. I might be frustrated. I might be like, what are you talking about? Like it's one of those moments like you almost want to say, what you talking about, Jesus? How for some of you that are a little older, you got that reference. But what what are you talking about, Jesus? Well, I mean, what are we going to do, right? But he very clearly says, you give them something to eat. And you say, "Well, Jesus, didn't didn't you hear me? I mean, these people are hungry. We we don't even have, look, all we have is this little snack pack that we found. Some little boy had this snack pack, this long John Silver snack pack, right? A couple of pieces of fish and some hush puppies in it. And that's all we have. And you're telling me we're somehow supposed to fill everybody's order. You know, we're, we're somehow supposed to handle 25,000 people with this little snack pack are you getting the point like this is absurd this makes no sense this is this is not computing if you were doing the math come on you'd be like this is wrong this is not adding up and it's definitely not multiplying up so what in the world is going on how in the world are we supposed to do something with this because this is all we have Jesus All we have is this little snack pack. And somehow we're supposed to feed all of these people. You would think at this moment, Peter's talking to Jesus. They're having this moment, practical, very practical. That Jesus would say, you know what, Peter, right? You're absolutely right. I'm off my rocker. I've gone too far. Service dismissed. But he doesn't do that, does he? Makes no sense. And here's the thing that you've got to see. And you have to hear me here. Tithing doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, does it? It's like, what are you saying to me? Tithing doesn't make sense, but it works. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the point. Like, you, you can argue with me about a lot of things, but I can line up a, a massive amount of people to say it works. If you're somebody that's received the revelation of generosity and you are somebody that started by tithing and continue to do so, I can guarantee you that at some point in there, you've experienced the blessings of God that didn't add up. They didn't add up. And you're like, how does this work? How, How in the world is this working? It doesn't make sense. The bank would not do it. And yet God says to do it. And when you do it, he does exactly what he says he'll do. That, my friends, is what we see happening in this story. That everything that was practical, everything that was, it was like, you've got to dismiss these people. They're, gonna, they're not going to have anything to eat. They're going to be so hungry. And Jesus says to him, you feed them. <laughs> I love that. Can you imagine being on the receiving end of that? Like you're in the, you're like looking at all these people and Jesus is like, do it. And you're like, "Mm, I quit. (laughs) Imagine if your boss said that to you. You'd be like, I quit. Forget this. That's not what they do. They have enough faith to trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And so they press in. A little bit more and so what i want to do is i want to talk about three principles three principles of multiplication Um, because i know every person in here wants to experience the multiplication power of god in their life every person in here but i tell you this it starts with tithing it all starts with tithing and you're like well i don't like tithing i don't care (laughs) like the bible doesn't care whether you like it or not and it doesn't work mathematically but it works spiritually and people that do it will say to you, I'm blessed. And the people that don't say, I can't tithe, because I don't have enough. And that's the point that I think we have to see. And so here's here's a, a few thoughts that I want us to think about. The first principle of multiplication is simply this it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. Now, what do I mean by that? Did you notice there in Luke chapter 9, verse 16, then he took the five loaves and he two fish. He took this snack pack and he looked up to heaven. And the Bible says that as he looks up to heaven, he blesses it, right? He blesses it. Then he breaks it in order to distribute it. So he first, what? Blesses it. So friends, How do you get the blessings of God on your finances? Tithing. That is the only way you do it. You're like, well, I don't tithe. Well, you don't have the blessings of God on your finances. Well, I have money, so. It's not about just money. It's not about that. It's about more than that. It's about, does he have your heart? And tithing is a test. Tithing is something that says, are you going to put me first in your life or not? It's a test. And so if you want to experience the blessings of God, you have to start with the tithe. That's how you get it done. You're like, pastor, are you saying that my money, if I don't tithe, my resources are not blessed? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Matter of fact, I'll go a step further and say the Bible says that it's cursed. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my resources cursed. Do you? I don't. I don't want my resources cursed. Matter of fact, I want them blessed. And God very clearly says, do it this way. Now, is that complicated? No, it's not complicated. You know exactly what I'm saying. You get it. And you say to me, Pastor, it doesn't add up. I can't make it work. I know. Because tithing is a faith step. It's not just about the math. It's not just about the fact that you see two fish and a couple pieces of hush puppies and you think to yourself, "Mm, I don't have it. It's, It's getting to a place that you look at your I don't have. And you recognize that you're with the one that does. And saying, I trust you more than I trust these hush puppies. Anybody want some hush puppies right now? Come on. <laughs> Jesus name. I love hush puppies. Anybody else like those things? I'm, my wife has told me I, every time if we drive by a, John, a, 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 what is it called? There it is. Long John Silver's. She is told I don't care if you're hankering for it. You can't have it. Because it, it always makes me sick. But I want to eat it. <laughs> like there's something about it. I don't know what it is. And, and Anyway, it has nothing to do with it. But Jesus clearly blesses it first and then breaks it. And, and as, you, as you think about this in the story, right back to the story, Jesus blesses this and he breaks it and he gives it let's say to Peter and Peter's got this little basket with the broken bread and the fish that's been blessed and you can picture this right so he's got his little basket and there's this huge crowd of people and he goes out with his basket and he starts to distribute these fish and this bread Like, I mean, can you picture it? Like, he's like, here you go. And then, like, you know, there's always that, like, take a little bit. Like, you need a small piece. Right? I mean, that's what you're thinking. You only have a couple fish and a little bread. So you're like, if we're going to get this thing around, come on, practical people. If we're going to get this to 25 people, 25,000 people, we... We've got to take small pieces. So, so you're like disciplining them as you go. You know, like the person's like, I'm going to get some of that. You're like, no, 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 no. That's, that's too big. You're a little smaller piece, right? And then somebody like grabs a big handful and you're like, you're a pig. Stop. <laughs> you're being greedy. There's, just take a little piece, little piece, everybody, little piece, you know, and you're just sure. That's a little bit, a little piece. I, to, I told you, little piece, little piece, little piece, little piece. Little piece. And you're and you're and you're distributing this, and then you get to this point where it's like you know maybe you've got like a few crumbs left, right? Maybe you feel that way right now in your finances. You got a few you got a few crumbs left, and as 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 that person sticks their hand in the basket to grab that crumb, the next thing that happens is the multiplication occurs. Like literally, think about this basket being depleted all the way down and the moment it's at the at the at the end of it more fish more bread and as he goes down the line there's more fish and there's more bread are you with me see what's happening and as he distributes it more comes as he distributes it more comes and more and more and more and more are you getting it See, see, that's what's happening. So, so, so Jesus blesses it, and because it's blessed, you tithe, it's blessed. As you then distribute that, multiplication begins to occur in your life. This is the principle of God. This is the principle that God wants you to see. And so the first principle is that it has to be blessed before it can multiply. That's the start. That's the entry. That's the doorway. That's the tithe. Number two, number two. The second principle of multiplication is that it has to be given away before it can multiply. It has to be given away before it can multiply. Notice this in verse 16. Jesus is speaking. He says, Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, the Bible says that he blessed it and broke them, right? And gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Can you imagine if God would have gave him this basket of food and he would have went home and ate it himself? Come on. Imagine. Blesses the bread, blesses the food, and then he literally goes over into the corner, puts up his tent, and he starts to eat the snack pack himself. You see how, you're like, I can't believe he would do that. What kind of person does that? I mean, what kind of believer in Jesus Christ would do that? What oh, that's scandalous. I'm outraged. I'm offended. You would be canceled for doing that. Yes? I mean, come on, who does that? But that's not what he does. He takes what was given and he gives it. He doesn't just eat it himself. Now, this is important because what happens sometimes is you receive the blessing of God, come on, because you tithe. And so the blessings of God are on your life because you've honored God with the first. So that's the doorway. That's the entry point. So the blessing comes to your life. And then sometimes what we do once we receive the blessing is we sit in the corner and we eat it. And we eat it ourselves. And God's like, it's good, isn't it? Tastes real good. It's probably the best fish you've ever eaten. It's, it's holy fish, <laughs> right? And you're just like, yeah, mm, I love this. It's, just, it's the blessings of God. I'm blessed. Everybody's blessed. I love blessed. Bless, 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 bless me. But see, what, what God's interested in is He wants you to be blessed. Same with Israel. God came to Israel and said, I'm going to make you, I am going to bless you. But why did he bless Israel? Why did he make Israel the people of God? Why did he have a covenant with Israel? Because they were like cool. They were good looking. They had great skin. I mean, what is it? Well, no, no. It's because he wanted to create a people who were blessed so that they could bless the world and when we sit in the corner and eat our figgy pudding by ourselves we miss out on multiplication we may be blessed today you may be blessed because you're a tither but the bible says if you want to see multiplication in your life you have to take the blessing and begin to distribute it because it's in the distribution that the multiplication occurs do you understand This is not complicated, but you're getting it, right? You're getting it? And so these steps, these are God's steps. These are economic steps. These are mathematical steps. These are financial steps, however you want to look at it. But it starts with the blessing. And then when it moves from your hand, the multiplication begins to occur. That, my friend, is what God is interested in doing in your life. And so today, if you're a tither... Begin to learn to give away what you've been given. If you're not a tither, then man, get the blessings of God on your finances. Get the blessings, get the curse off of your resources. The Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer off of your finances if you will honor me in this way. Some of you have finances that are being devoured right now by the locusts of this world. And God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll get this done. Do you believe that? I don't know. Because I've found that if you believe something, you usually do it. And last week I talked about how only 3 to 5% of Christians actually tithe. <gasps> Has to be blessed to be multiplied. Has to be given away for it to multiply. And then finally, I want to I I land on the third principle, and this is very practical. There has to be order before it multiplies. Do you notice that when Jesus was giving this stuff away, he says, sit down in groups of 50. So he brought order to the situation. There's all these people. There's 25,000 people. I mean, how do you do this, right? A ticket system. Can you imagine if you were hungry that day and some guy comes out with one basket Holy Lord, there would be an absolute crazy town human experience. Like it would be so packed. I mean, people would be like, oh, can I get some? Can I get some, Peter? The and they'd be pushing and you know what I'm talking about? That's what would happen. But Jesus brought order. He says, hey, have them sit down in groups of 50. Get them in groups of 50. And so the order matters. And here's what I'm trying to get at. The order matters also in your blessing. If you are irresponsible with your blessing, that is not on God. That is on you. He requires for us to bring order to our finances. Now, how do you do that? Well, it's, I mean, it's practical things, right? Right. And again, I'm not trying to, to impose all this because I think there's tons of ways to bring order to your group. I mean, to your finances. You know what I mean? And some people are like are Dave Ramsey people, you know, like they're all in on Dave Ramsey. And I love Dave Ramsey. I mean, he does some great stuff. And some of you love him. And you're like, I'm all Dave Ramsey. Woo. If you were like voting for president, you'd be like, Dave Ramsey. Right? I get it. I get it. And if you talk to Dave, he would tell you all debt's bad. Right? I mean, he just, I mean, he would, if you even a hint of any kind of debt he would like go after you right i mean he just would and i and i get it so i'm not trying to prescribe necessarily but if you don't have a budget you know what i mean if there aren't some financial protocols and mechanisms you have in your life to see what's coming in and what's going out and how that all works and 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 maybe like maybe you're not full dave but like you're kind of dave and and, and so, like, maybe you'll allow for a little debt, but not a lot of debt. You know, I mean, I get it. And, I, and I, here's the thing you got to know. And this is the principle. Any debt you have means you're slave to the lender, is what the Bible says. Now, some of us are okay with a little of that, and that's fine. Well, it's okay. As long as, as a, as a couple, you agree with that, Or as a single person, you agree with that and you manage it well. But if you're paying for things that are not appreciating assets, that's not necessarily a good investment. Correct? So my point is, is that we have to think about that. Now you're like, Pastor, are you saying I can't? No, I'm not saying that. God has given you freedom. You you and the Holy Spirit decide what that looks like. But if you're not bringing order into your finances, you will not have the blessing that you've been given so that you then can be extravagant and generous. Because what happens is we consume it all and then we have nothing left. I see this true also with tithing. Some people consume it all and then they don't have it. And you've heard me say this, you're always better with 90% that's blessed than 100% that's cursed and so so the point is is that you have to manage it in order to be able to give it because i don't know about you i've met poor people i've met middle class people i've met rich people and all of us have seemed to have a problem we like to spend money come on who doesn't like to spend money i mean some of you do it for therapy I mean at Christmas you don't have any cash but you pull that plastic out like a crazy person because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses you want to make sure you know that everybody gets it and little Bobby got one and little Susie got one and everybody got one I just want to be equal I'm just a blessing to people but then you pay for it on the back end and look I get it but if we don't manage what we've been given come on we won't have any to give, and God's blessing you. If you're, a t- He's blessing you, and so when it comes time to give that offering or that sacrificial offering, you don't have it because you've consumed it yourself in the corner, and you never gave it away. And here's what I'm going to say to you: and This is look, you'll get to heaven. You can get to heaven without even tithing. I don't know why you'd want to. You also can be a tither and never experience multiplication power if you don't learn these three principles. But it has to be blessed, it has to be given, and it has to be managed. These three principles will lead to the multiplication power of God in your life. And it'll be amazing. You'll have so many stories to tell of just the favor of the Lord. All right. I want to end here. So, um, Matt, where are you? Is he in here? Have Matt come in here. Matt's like... Come on up, Matt. Quit picking on him. Hey. I'm going to do that to y'all. Matter of fact, next service, some of you, I'm going to be preaching up here. I'm going to call you out. Quit (laughs) Quit messing with Matt. Matt's the son of this house. In Jesus' name. what I want to do for a moment, and I normally don't kind of land this play, like in this way. Some of you have been praying um, about what you're going to give. Like it's Legacy Sunday. And I say this and I really do mean it. Uh, And I've had people say, well, why would you say that? It seems like a limiting kind of thing, you know, like, because like some people think about like when it comes to generosity and and all that is like, almost like you have to help God, you know? Like, Pastor, I know we we have a giving lane this way and a giving lane that way, but if we had more giving lanes, if we diversified our lanes, we'd have more money. You know, if we did a car wash outside and raised a little cash, and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we can sell my, somebody makes jelly and we'll sell the jelly and make a little money, a couple nickels for Jesus. Because I have no interest in fundraising. I don't. Because the people of God are supposed to fund God's house. I I don't do it. And you're like, well, you're never going to do it? No. Because we don't need to do it. We don't need to. When the people of God are faithful. And many of you are faithful. Many of you are tithing and giving all that God has told you to give. And and I I just want to commend you for that. But what I don't want today as we receive this offering, this legacy offering, is I don't want you to take your tithe and divert it to this fund. I don't want the tithe to be cannibalized so that we now have more money in the legacy fund. And now why, as your pastor, would I tell you not to do that? Because you will then Forfeit your blessing. Do you understand? The tithe is for the house of the Lord. And I've talked to people before, and some of you I've talked to is like, well, Pastor, I give a little here and a little there, and I get a little here, you know, and so I give 25% to the church, and I give 25% to this missionary in Kenya, and I give 25%. I get it. I understand. But I'm just telling you, the tithe is for the house. And I can promise you this if you'll give to the house you'll have more than enough to give to the missionary. If you'll give to the house you'll have more than enough to give to the legacy offering. And so I would just encourage you if you're here and you're going to divert your tithe don't do it. Because I would much rather you be blessed. But what I'd love is for all of you that have thought about this you've prayed about it you've said you know I'm going to do a little here. I'm going to do a little there. I told you last week about a young girl in our church who decided to take all of her tips that she received on Thanksgiving and give it to the legacy offering. Isn't that cool? I love that. But she wasn't diverting her tithe. And so my friends, as we come to this moment, I'm interested in consecration. You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested in in dedicating ourselves again to the things of God. And, And some of you need to dedicate yourself to honoring God with what He's already given you. Did you know tithing is not giving, but it's returning? God owns it all. And He just said He wants 10. So you're not even giving. You're just returning back to Him what He's already given you. And so my heart for us today, guys, is that we would step into this reality of blessing by honoring God first. And so I'm going to ask you to do something today. If you're here today and you're not honoring God with the first, and you want to, I'm going to ask you to step into that consecration to say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I don't see a lot at the bottom, but I'm going to believe him. And some of you, it's consecrating yourself to keep going. Some of you today, it's consecrating yourself to give a gift over and above the tithe, which the Bible would describe as an offering. Some of you are going to give an offering today to legacy. Some of you are going to give an extravagant offering You've heard me say it, a painful offering because God has told you to do it. Now, here's the thing. There's no manipulation in this room. Matter of fact, manipulation is witchcraft is what the Bible says. So I'm not interested in manipulating you or making you feel a certain way. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to make a calculated decision to trust God with your life with your finances. So what I want to do for a moment, and I know this is completely outside of anything we normally do. If you're here today and you want to consecrate yourself unto the Lord, it doesn't even have to be in your finances. It could be in your personal life right now. It could be in your marriage. But if you're here today and you want to consecrate yourself unto the Lord, I'm going to ask you to to do something that you've probably not done in a long time. Because we don't do it in church anymore. It's foreign. Is I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I want anybody that's interested in consecrating themselves unto the Lord to just begin to populate this front area. So come on, whoever's in, don't be afraid. Just begin to populate this area. If, you're, if you want to consecrate yourself unto the Lord, then you show up down here. Just begin to make your way. Everybody just line up down here. And you're like, I don't want to do it. I'm scared. Don't worry about what people think. You get yourself down here. Do you want the blessing of God on your life? And so just begin to populate this area. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you do, come down here to the front. Titus, will you come on up here? I was reading in the Psalms this morning. Listen to me. I was reading in the Psalms this morning. And it was talking about how how David would not sleep or slumber until he found a house for the Lord. Like, it cost him something. It cost him militarily, politically, personally to build God's house. And as I was reading it, I was just moved by his passion. And then I started to think about Jesus. And I, thought about, I just thought about what it cost him for me to be in the house of the Lord, for me to have his presence in my life. And here's the thing. <laughs> How often in my life, I've forgotten that gift. Like, you know what I mean? Like you take it for granted. We go through our days and we go through our lives and, and, and we don't even think about it. And what I'm asking you to do today is just to consecrate yourself again to the Lord. And if you've, if you've disregarded his principles and his promises, then let's get that right. Let's, let's not worry about it. Today is the day for us to get it right. And so I want to pray for anybody in this room that wants to receive it. And if you want to receive it, just simply hold your hand out. Whether you're down front or whether you're in the back, just hold your hands out like this. In the name of Jesus. I ask on behalf of these people and myself. God, that you would come upon our lives in a way that we've never experienced before. That we would have the power of God moving in our lives. And and we will just say to you, Lord, we're sorry for the times that we haven't honored you. We're sorry when we haven't honored you with our finances, our friendships, our relationships. God, we ask for your help. We repent and, and we invite you again into our hearts. Father, I pray right now for anybody in this room that's in faith, willing to step and and step out in their finances, step out in their family, step out in, in, in any area of their life, God. I pray that you would hear. God, that you would move and that you would act and that the blessings of God would fall on those that consecrate themselves unto the Lord that we might be a blessing to the world around us, that we might be generous, that we might be extravagant, that we might see the move of God in our lives. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Staying in this moment, band. Let's let's start into that song. What is the song? Let's do that, guys. Just begin to worship the Lord as a way of responding to Him.